like notes through the hourglass. These, these are the songs of our lives. Welcome to the latest episode of Songs of Our Lives. I am Brad Rose. I am a musician, a composer, a writer, the founder of Foxy Digitalis, and somebody who thinks about music and sound far more than is probably healthy. Each week, I invite on a guest to talk about the songs and the music that has made them and stuck with them and all of those things. Before I get into this week's episode, a quick um, heads up. For, so, I've, you know, I mentioned on here that we, that Foxy Digitalis, there is a Patreon that helps support all this. And the Songs of Our Lives episode, there are exclusive Patreon episodes where each episode has a section for just Patreon members. It's got some extra questions and conversations. It tends to get a little fun and weird over there. Um, and so I started a new tier on the Patreon. It's the Songs of Our Lives tier. It's like, that's the only thing you're interested in. You like the show and you want a little bit more and you want the episodes week early. There's a couple bonus episodes too. Um, three bucks a month. Get you in, gets you all that, and yeah. So just something to think about. It is links are in the show notes, of course, and your support is greatly appreciated. Now this week, oh, this is a fun one. I was really excited about this. It's so so good too that my guest is the one, the only Ilias Ahmed. Uh, I have known Ilias for a long, long time. Even though we'd kind of, you know, we've been in touch and we we're out of touch. They weren't, you know, oh whatever. It's how life goes, but. I still have very vivid memories of his first two albums, Between Two Skies, Towards the Night. I'm 95% sure it was the Time Lag mail order mailing list that Time Lag had, because they were editions of like 50 copies, CDRs. And I remember that, you know, and with the Time Lag stuff, he only had limited copies. He only had limited copies. So you had to, you kind of had to act fast on some of that stuff. And I remember. Email came through, saw that, and like immediately was like, oh, I need those. And anyway, both are great albums. They still hold up. And then um, as it happens, uh, my old label, Digitalis, did a double CD reissue of those, one disc of each. And that is, uh, yeah, I still have such fond memories of that. Um, anyway, it was almost 20 years ago. Maybe not quite. But uh, Ilias has made so much incredible music since and done so many amazing things. I mean, collaborations, um, you know, last year, year before, I can't remember what it was, had that amazing album with Jeffrey Cantu Ledesma. Uh, he is a member of Grails, which we talked about that because that's freaking exciting because Grails had their first record in, what, six years last year? I'm not going to try to pronounce it, sorry, but it's on Temporary Residence and is so good. I've jammed that album so many times, and it's like perfect any time of day, any mood. Like if you're feeling it, it will meet you there. If you are kind of in a dark place, it will accompany you. And it is oh, amazing record. And then he had a solo record called the dream of another that was on geographic North last year. That's one of my favorite records he's ever done. It's just, I don't know, man. Ilias is the real deal. And it's one of my faves. And as I say in the intro, the first person who was played at or was at the bottled smoke festival that I put on in 2007 in LA. Uh, he's the first one on the show and man, good memories all around. This was an absolute blast. It was so excited to reconnect 
um, with Ilias and just talk about music and yeah, the best. So uh, we recorded this a couple weeks ago on zoom. I hope y'all have enjoyed as much as I did, or at least half as much, you know. My guest today is a musician, a songwriter, uh, one hell of a guitarist, and the first person on this show who also played at the Digitalist Bottled Smoke Festival in 2007. Jesus. Um, it's Ilias on the head. How's it going? I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about, I was, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, um, found a box of, like, I found a box of pictures, and there are a bunch of pictures from that weekend in there. And I, oh well, I don't know where they are right now because I was gonna. I had like one of my favorite pictures. It's you and one of one of the guys who ran the space out there. Oh, God, what was it called? I don't remember the name of it. Echo Curio. It was like you sitting. Oh right, yeah. Talking to one of their kids, and it's like from behind. I don't know. It's like this really wonderful, like adorable picture. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. I'd like to see that. Yeah, but um, yeah, lifetime ago. <laughs> Yeah, a long, long, long time ago. Um, so uh, you've had a pretty busy year. You had a solo record out and a Grails record out. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna at, like, at, like, had you all know it was basically time to do a new Grails record. <laughs> uh, well, I joined the band, I think, almost like six years ago now. Um, and because no, we all live in different parts of. I was going to say the country, but actually the world. Um, Alex lives uh, in Sweden. Oh, wow. Um, and then the other guys were all spread across the U.S. So just by dint of that, um, the idea of making a record at first just seems daunting of how to even approach doing it. Right. Because um, we get together for tours and we have like a pretty finite amount of time before each tour to practice. And depending on how much we've been touring and how in shape we are and ready to go, it depends on like we have time to come up with something new. Um, I think, I I think I've spoken about this and maybe some other interviews I've done about it. But the I think this lineup of the band has a, a chemistry that I've experienced where you like play because I play a lot of improvised music with mm-hmm. other people, and you know within five minutes of playing with someone whether it's going to work or right. not. And, the first time that this lineup Grails was in a room together, we came up with stuff that's on that record. Damn. So, um, yeah, it was just the there was it was always a it's always just a goal of like uh, wanting to make new music. Like, yeah. um, certainly, I make a lot of music on my own, and Emil makes a lot of music on his own, and also in another band. And um, I think we specifically as fans of music and record collectors, we want to making records is important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you you know, like it's just, it's also exciting. Like I'd never been in a band band situation like this since maybe high school. So oh, wow, it's exciting <laughs> for me to like be, you know, like outside of like one off project things, like, um, like we're a proper band, right. I guess. So yeah, and we're working on another one right now. So, Oh man. And yeah, you guys want you recorded in Atlanta, right? This yeah, one. we recorded at the tail end of a tour. Oh. Um, 
And then a lot of, because of, you can record at home now, like right. basic tracking was done there. And then, you know, like a lot of overdubbing session and phone calls and text messages and tell me what you need and back and <laughs> forth. And yeah, no, it was, it's cool. Um, and I think, uh, you know, because of the, we just got back from a pretty long tour and, uh, we were talking about like, we need to keep the momentum going. Um, yeah, we're going to like, we're emails going to be out here actually in a week and mm-hmm. he and I are tracking basic stuff Nice for some new, not just, it's not just going to be that, but just to get, have some certain kinds of things yeah. on tape. How'd the, yeah. how'd the tour go? It was great. Really good. Really, really good. I mean, you could tell that, uh, it had been a while since I think the last time we were in Europe was 2018. Oh, wow. So, and then also having a new record out. Yeah, it was great. The shows are great. They were really well attended and everyone was, yeah, it was just really, really great. Awesome. Um, and seeing the guys is always fun. Yeah. So. That helps. Yep. Just sounds like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, one of the things, so like just sonically to me, it just sounds, it sounds, like it sounds like a Grails record, but it doesn't. It sounds like a Grails record I never could have imagined. Um, that's great. I mean, I think that's the focus of the band, basically. Yeah. I mean, if there's a credo, it's that. Like, we want to sound like ourselves, but also try not to sound like ourselves. Yeah. Was that? If that makes sense. No, like, absolutely. I think that's, and I think that's like a really. It can be a really sort of tough line to walk, you know of doing the thing we know how to do and doing something else, but that is not so far. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't want to just be, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think if there's something I share with the music I make in my own and the band, it's that like wanting to push yourself as a artist, but also not just, you're not just going to like make a synth wave record. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, which plenty of people do that it's fine i guess like yeah uh, but you know um so you speaking of your own music you also had uh, a dream of another on geographic north yeah which, you know i don't know i've been we were just talking it's been 20 years like those first two cdrs came out what like 20 years ago 2003 four something like that God. yeah they were made almost 20 years ago for sure yeah yeah which is crazy <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, no, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious. Like, so this, I, this record is really great, and it. Oh, thanks, man. To me, like the thing I kept thinking of when I would listen to it is, that it feels like these sort of, like the the thing that kept coming. It's like memories where you're not really sure they're actual memories, like, or it's. Oh, I love that. Uh, it's yeah, or, you know, and so I don't know. I'm just like yeah. really curious. I always wonder about this because you know I've been do- I've been making stuff for. 20 right. years and but i'm like one like what like after 20 years and this is like a really big question i guess but like where do you see like where do you see yourself in relation to your solo work or like where are you what is it like what are you looking for now you know i don't know i don't know how to exactly phrase yeah no it, but... i know i know what you're i know what you're getting at for sure um i think specifically with this one i know i almost it's funny that you were talking about the the first records that i made like because we were all at home a lot more than maybe we planned. I had a lot more time to think about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely wanted to get back to a place that f- felt like it did when I was making those records. 
Oh wow! Like I feel like I um, like part of what's making what's home recording particularly is exciting to me is this where you're just sort of in your own world kind of lost in your thoughts and you're trying to make up something that's entertaining and you're trying to make up something that has a narrative um maybe there's a degree of uh improvisation or chance that you're not even sure like what is this for um i definitely gotten I, you know, like I started, you know, I think you do something long enough. Uh, for me, I started to head in more, it started leaning more towards like conventional song structures, mm-hmm. which was great at the time. It's like, um, I'm really glad I did because in some ways that's experimental to me. Right. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I just kind of was like, I, I feel like I was like, what, am I just going to keep making these records that are like, <laughs> almost conventional songwriting with bits of weird bits in on top of them. And I'm reducing myself to that, but um, yeah, I kind of wanted to break it down again yeah. and just start all over again. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I made a lot of music at the beginning of the pandemic that had no guitars. Um, yeah. And it was like, you, um, you just kind of whittle away at it mm-hmm. and, try to figure out like what feels good to you and what feels right to you and a lot of its intuition um yeah but i like what you said i mean what i mean that's a big part of it i really like that idea of it feeling like a memory and you're not really sure like because it's like a, it's 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 i didn't mean it to be like a guitar as guitar based as it is but it's also like not a guitar-y record right in the way that like a lot of there's plenty of those out there now um and I was pretty aware that I didn't want to just do that. Yeah, I don't think of it as uh, a guitar record at all, which is... Oh, cool. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. And so... Um, yeah, there's enough good solo guitar records out there that are great. Like, Right. Um, yeah, no, but I like that. I like what you said. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I really like it. And I love... God, I really love the cover, too. I just... I mean, those Geographic North guys know how to make an album cover. Yeah, Farba... Uh, Far, oh, yeah. yeah, Farba Kakabi, who does all of the visual element of that label, is he's a monster yeah. like unreal like yeah he did the record he did the almar for the record i mean with jeff Cantu mm-hmm. too um that's right i forgot about that yep yeah and it's always so exciting when he does it because i don't because uh you know you've seen the records i've made like the visual side is really important to me but the first time i saw for farbad's art for something i did i was like oh i don't know how to design records at all <laughs> i'm just using like right. the collage that i made like right. that's that's not design. That's just a collage. Like, God. like he gives him an identity that was is surpasses anything that I could. Yeah, no, I'm, that's I love that album so much. That album art. Did you give him any direction, or was it just like go do your thing? No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I never. He'll. I wait for him to ask me. Awesome. If he needs anything, which is rare. Uh, before we really get into this, and since you mentioned it, any any stuff on the horizon with jeff uh if you can't there's you can talk about (laughs) there's a bunch of things on the horizon with different people that i just can't talk about um yeah mainly because i don't you know like i don't it it doesn't just involve me i understand so i have to i would have to ask that but yeah there's definitely more stuff coming collabs and solo stuff 
Awesome. And like I said, there's a new Grails record that we're just very starting out on. So, yeah, well, yeah lots of music coming. Sounds like it's going to be a busy 2024. <laughs> yeah. Um, or 25. Sure. Who knows? This stuff takes forever to, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, totally. But, okay. Well, that's awesome. And um, yeah, there's certain collabs, especially from the past that I hope maybe make a comeback, but I won't talk about it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of things for the past all right let's go we're gonna start all the way at the very beginning and we're gonna okay. we're gonna talk about what is the first song that you can remember oh yeah that's I thought about that for a while it's hard i mean i think i might have like written because uh brad sent me a questionnaire earlier just to kind of get uh dip the toes in the wet water about this thing and uh yeah this stuff's really I hard to it, come up with like off the top of your head so i always i've learned yeah no it's, no it's <laughs> it's also good because it like otherwise i just stutter for a long time trying to remember like yeah like i think song wise it's probably charlie brown related uh, yeah. like the christmas songs like those tunes are forever yep. embedded in my brain and <laughs> they're sad and beautiful which is like i that kind of approach means a lot to me but i think I think Eyes Without a Face might be the first song that made me think about like playing music could be cool. That's, you know, like a lot of these questions are probably going to be tied into like, like being someone who wants to make music too. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I've really loved about doing these is I feel like I walk away from them getting a better understanding of people's sort of like creative approach and why they do what they do. Um, that's this is a yeah i i hadn't i hadn't heard this song in a long time and i had a had a conversation a couple of years ago in an interview i was doing with actually with ben chasney from six organs of admittance about steve stevens yeah and how yeah ben's a big steve stevens fan <laughs> yeah we were we've texted a lot we've actually texted a lot about steve stevens yeah because he's yeah he sent me a great video of steve stevens talking about being inspired by leo cocky which yeah blew my mind he sent me the same video yeah it's because it is it's incredible it's um yeah it's amazing yeah i keep telling ben he needs to start teasing his hair oh gosh that and like just go get a kramer yeah yeah lean into it i yeah yeah this i the thing that i this song i mean there's a lot of things about it but god the perry lister's vocal like the background vocals or i guess she's not in the background parts but god so good like yeah it's a really spooky song yeah um and just like the, I think also just like, if I think about it as being a kid, the idea of eyes without a face is Pretty, kind of fucking scary. Yeah, <laughs> like, is there's something very menacing about it? And the music fit the music mm-hmm. like fits the vocal really well. It's like a spooky song, um, but then also kind of rocks in the middle. Yeah, I know. Like it goes like when Steve Stevens goes into this full like '80s hair metal yeah. riffing or something, and yeah, and then the bridge is yeah. really weird um yeah i've never read about the 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 uh the backstory of the song i can only assume that steve stevens was like enough of this bullshit (laughs) i need to like this needs to rock at least for a minute that's exactly before it goes back to like your faux sinatra shit you know what i mean when at one point it seems like billy idol's kind of trying to rap or something i don't even know like in the bridge it's very strange oh right yeah he starts he starts talking faster yeah it's yeah yeah and he was such a i mean again music was so 
I mean, I'm a little bit older, like I'm almost 50 now. And um, music at that, when you're a young person, was so less ubiquitous than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, like you would, I mean, I, granted, I wasn't hanging out in coffee shops and bars when I was in first grade or whatever, but um, like you would have to like turn the radio on or watch MTV or specifically seek it out. Yeah. I don't feel like it was just in the air, at least where I grew up in the suburbs. Granted, if you were in a city, it's much different, but um, yeah, it was just like, it was less, you would like, I always equate music at that time as something you overhear rather than something that you're confronted with in your face. Hmm. And now you're confronted with music all the time. Like right. you can't go anywhere without fucking right. hearing music, right. which is actually kind of annoying. Like I, I don't need to hear music everywhere. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah. Like I almost feel like when I think about eyes without a face, I'm like, where did I even hear it for the first time? Did I watch the, right. I must've watched a video right. or something like, MTV like or just on the radio in the car with your parents or something. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think about that all the time. Like I, I've I, even when I was a teenager and stuff, because we're I think you're maybe a little older than me. I'm 44, so like you know, it's yeah, we're around the same age. And I think about like like compilations were such a big deal to me, like compilations and soundtracks, because it was a way where you could hear a bunch of bands, but for like yeah, for sure, you know, if you only have if you're yeah. 15 and you only got 10 bucks, yeah, and, totally, and I'm. Like that's just like compilations exist now, but it's just not the same thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. And, yeah, for sure. And so yeah, yeah. I mean, I think accessibility now with music is it's just different. Yeah. Like it's hard to yeah. It's so I, I even as someone who does stuff with this all the time, it's still hard for me to get my head around sometimes. So um, yeah. All right. Well, on a totally different note, what what's the song that either makes you cry or it has made you cry or makes you feel some kind of way that even if you don't cry, you feel yeah. evokes that? Um, I would probably always my go to for that question would always be Candy Says by the Velvet Underground. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. it always chokes me up. It's such a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, Beyond even what it's about, it's just such a sad song. I know. And it's so simple and beautiful. It's like, yeah, I don't. It's, yeah. That's... There's a bunch, but that's that would be the one that I that's off the top of my head. I know. I, I hadn't listened to this in a minute. And I put when I put it on, kind of prepping for this, it's just, yeah. It immediately just kind of hits you. And it's not even like, it's like hits you hard because it's more... It's got like such a tender. No, it's more subtle. Yeah, yeah, it's got like a real tenderness to it, but it's so yeah. sad and ugh. yeah, and it feels like in slow. It feels like just in slow motion too. Yeah, that's another thing about that song is like you put it on, and it just stops time a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like, but yeah, what a you know, and what a record. That, a good one. What a record that is. Jeez, that's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, great record. <laughs> Well, on the other side of that, what's a song that'll always kind of put you in a better mood? Um, I mean, there's there's lots of songs, and it always changes. Um, generally, there's a Nas record, Illmatic, that almost every one of the songs makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know... Um, Conversely, like, you know, there's a lot of Velvet Underground songs like Sweet Jane always makes me in a good mood. Yeah. 
you know, since I was a kid, like loaded was the record that I would put on if I was feeling pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and if you're feeling kind of sad and lonely, like the third record would be the record you put on. Right. <laughs> so I'll stick with, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is, there's a lot though. Yeah. I, there's a lot. I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were, they were talking about Prince, but they were saying, they were like, I can answer every one of these questions with a Prince song. And I was like, Oh, I should do it. Oh, yeah. I should do a subset of these episodes where it's like, you have to pick one band, like the velvet underground would be another band where you could probably pick. A Velvet Underground song. Yeah, or like David Bowie yeah. or something like that. Like what, <laughs> which Bowie song makes, because yeah, he's in the, like I, yeah, he's in the same boat. Right. Like there's Bowie songs that make me cry and then there's ones that I can just put on at any oh, time and it's going to make me feel better. Like, yeah. I love, so. I love the Nas answer though. I like that. It's like, that's, I mean, that's like all time shit right there. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I mean, that era of hip hop is, you know, like I, not to sound like an old man or whatever, but like that era of hip hop was so good when it was just kind of murky and um, like that. Then narr- there was like an actual narrative to like what was being talked about in the songs and like music sonically. It was really interesting instead of just kind of no rapping at all and yeah. no changes in the sound. And once they became like uh, club bangers, I don't. I kind of not this. I mean, there's plenty of awesome hip hop now, right. obviously, but um, it's just crazy to me to think about like Tribe or Nas or that stuff being like mainstream hip hop. Oh, it no. seems so. It seems so. It's so. It's deep. You know, mm-hmm. like people don't really talk about hip hop in the way they talk about, say, like the Velvet Underground or something. But like Nas is just as deep to me, or like, you know. Oh god, yeah. I think it's just a different. I think about that all the time too. Like one of my favorite records ever is that, and it's maybe my favorite hip hopper is the the Tupac Machiavelli record. And yeah, it's a great record. There and it, and like yeah. sonically, it's so weird. Like there's one track that has like throat singing on it. Like who? And and this was in the nineties. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, the shit was weird. It was like avant garde music. It was super. I mean, those Public Enemy records yeah. are the same thing. Where you're like, this is why it's crazy. Like. You know, I can't, you know, I, I can't remember if it's, it was tied in the same time as when I got into them. But like, I remember reading interviews with Kevin Shields in like 91, where he talks about public enemies specifically. And it's like, that's just fascinating to me. That like really that overlap. Like, I don't, I wonder if that still happens now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. That's, it's not for me to say. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I also can't even imagine like making a record like Illmatic as your debut record and how like it's like how do you where do you go from there? Jesus. Yeah, like when you kill it so hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't he didn't I mean he made a couple great records right. and he didn't he didn't get better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean there was I remember seeing like a video where this is un, un really unfortunate in a lot of ways now, timely. The word there was like I hadn't I think he he hadn't put out a record in a while and there was a video with like him and Puff Daddy in a club and there's like champagne and there's like a tiger in a cage or something and and yeah. I was like, Oh man, this is this is not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always think like I think about that I was talking I don't remember who I was talking about it, maybe on an episode of this that I recorded last week, but um we were talking about the Lauren Hill record and how it's like, you know, you make a oh, yeah. you make a record that's so good. And then you just don't ever make it's just like fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you just mic drop. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah, that's a I mean, that's a yeah, for sure. Like that's a real that's a real thing. 
Okay. I can't imagine where you kill it so hard that like that out of the gate. Like, but I always would imagine too that you know people like that have just vaults of stuff that they've made and just they just don't release it. Or I don't know. I always wonder because it's like I can't. I just keep making stuff. And obviously, not saying I've ever made a record like Illmatic or, or the Miseducation of Lauren Hill or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, I would yeah. always make stuff. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, that kind of attention on something that you did, of course, that's going to change your brain chemistry. Yeah. You know, God. like I don't, I don't see how it can not. It's, it's sort of in that way that people criticize celebrities in a way that, not that I'm hold, I hold celebrities on any pedestal at all, but when people talk about a celebrity's experience or how they behave as if they're in the same position. Right. I'm just like you have no fucking idea what <laughs> right. it's like to be that person. Go to good and bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I don't, you know, like I'm a big D'Angelo fan. Like most of us are voodoo. I can't imagine what it's, oh. it wasn't his first album, but like when you kill it that hard, like yeah, like who who knows? It's easy to sit in my, right. you know, on my couch and be like, why don't you just make another record, bro? Right. Like just do it. Like I don't. Yeah, Jesus. Like, yeah. I think D'Angelo came up with the same conversation because that's another example. It's like, yeah, you make voodoo and then, and then 14 years later out of nowhere, you're like, Oh, got a new record out. Here's black Messiah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, those are the people I look up to the yeah. most, the people who want to pull the rug out from under them. Like, you know, since we're talking about songs, I always think about someone like Scott Walker, who's mm-hmm. just, you know, was con I mean, outside of, when he tried to do exactly what he wanted to do, he went through a phase of making maybe not the best records, but then you come back and you drop tilt and it's like, there you fucking go. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like I don't, I, those people to me are kind of like the beacons or something. Totally. You know? Totally agree. Well, okay. This is a good segue to the next question, which is what is objectively <laughs> the greatest song of yeah. all time? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many, obviously, yeah. and obviously it's predicated on how you feel each day. I mean, yeah, I don't, I think initially when you were taught, you sent me a questionnaire about this, I was thinking about it. And I think I said a Scott Walker song, um, Yeah, You're On Your Own Again, which is a song I can listen to a million times. It's just perfect. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like even talk, you know, like, the song Oh My God by Tribe Called Quest, I've listened to that song like thousands oh of times and it makes me so happy every time I listen to it. Like, yeah. Or like, like jazz, there's Coltrane songs or, you know, there's fucking Derek Bailey things that I've listened to a million times. Is that a song? Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get why you're asking for sure. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's that's a tough one. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's obviously no answer right. to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, just, I always think it's interesting to see kind of where people's brain goes and how, like how you think about it less than what the answer is. Um, yeah. I do think, yeah, like, God, I like the tribe called quest. I mean, that's like one of those songs too, where it's always amazing to me, a song that you can hear a hundred times and it, it still sounds like. Yeah, it still kills. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, because there are songs that I really like, but if I heard it 
20 times in a row, I'd be sick of it. But then there's songs like that where it's like, I could probably listen to it 20 times in a row and be like, this fucking rips. And not be tired of it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's something that like Ian Mackay talks about with Fugazi, which is pretty amazing. (laughs) Cause I think that band has never really talked about is like their, their catchiness. Mm -hmm. And they worked on arrangements in a way that was like, this needs to be as hooky as possible. You need to be able to listen to this a thousand times and not be tired of it. And people don't, people wouldn't talk about Fugazi in terms of being songwriter. You know, it's like, but they wrote great songs that were super catchy that you can listen to a million times. And like, yeah, I mean, Repeater is a really catchy song. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's got lots of hooks. Yeah. I mean, that's a really, yeah. I mean, there are those Fugazi records that I can't, I can't even imagine ever getting tired of any of that stuff because it just, yeah. That's a really good point, though. Yeah, it's a testament to what we're that thought process is like. They're thinking about that, and like, I've read a lot of interviews with Hank Shockley, who produced those early Public Enemy records, and he says the same thing. Like, you need to be able to he listen to this a thousand times and not be tired of it. Like, like if you hear like a Harry Styles song, I can't imagine listening to that a thousand times and not wanting to kill yourself. You know, like you're, you're getting or just we're getting be, ahead of ourselves. Just, getting... just be <laughs> just kidding yeah no yeah or just be bored you know like it's just boring yeah objectively it's boring like i feel you know like i feel like as a if you're someone who makes music and you're like you're a lifer with it i feel like it's your responsibility to find value in everything is that Mm -hmm. if you're an artist if you can't find something to like about something it's generally it's your fault right Mm -hmm. like it's not the thing's fault um so i you know like i can i can hear something that's like i don't like it right aesthetically or like uh off the bat but i can maybe appreciate find so, it's your it's your responsibility to find something about it and there's something like stuff like harry styles there's just like nothing there there's nothing good about it at all i'm so fascinated by that like yeah how like what's how did this work? Right. <laughs> yeah. How did we? Yeah. You know, like I don't. And you know, it's you can't trick people. Like you know, people like it. I'm really fascinated by it. Like, yeah, I do think that's so, a really interesting. I one of the early episodes of this I did with Eric Mingus, who's Charles Mingus's youngest son, and oh shit, um, who? Whoa. Yeah. Which he, does he make music? Yeah, he's. Um, He's really good. He he's he he plays bass, of course, but his he plays guitar, oh, wow. but his vocal he's a vocalist primarily. Like his singing is unbelievable. Oh wow! He did this thing huh, early. I'll check that out. I didn't know that. I'll, yeah, I'll send you this one video. He did this. He has this song that he wrote, and it's he's been doing like a research project on the Mingus Mill in North Carolina, like where his family comes from, and he wrote this song about it. Oh, cool! And performed it like at the site with Yo Yo Ma, and it's one of the most Oh, wow. Unbelievable things I heard all year. Um, but he was he was talking about his one of the things his dad taught him was like any like when you listen to something, even if you don't like it, like find try to find something about it that you can like appreciate or say, you know, like yeah, you know, people and yeah, and so yeah, I always wonder about that too. Like, cause there are things that I really struggle with that with and but I like you said, it's like I know people if someone tells me they like it, I'm not going to be like, no, you don't. You're just saying, you know, I'm not that kind of asshole. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, but I want to understand. It's like hard for me to understand. And I, 
that's like a me problem. Yeah, there's certain there's certain things that are just like unbearable. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, I had some, I was having dinner with some friends yesterday, and we were talking about that era of like Woodstock '99 rap metal oh, yeah. bands. Yeah, and it's really hard to find anything about that that's fun. Yep, I don't at all. Like that is a genre I, I don't, don't understand like, at all. Yeah, it's a t- it's a <laughs> tough one. <laughs> um, well. Okay, well, kind of in this vein, like, what's a song that you did love at one point, but now not so much? You can't really. You listen to it, and you're like, oh. I mean, that's that's a tough question because I I I don't feel like I renounce anything that I've sure. ever really liked in my life. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff where it's like, I mean, I listened to the Chili Peppers and when I was younger, but like, I'm not embarrassed about that yeah. at all, <laughs> and maybe still listen to them. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, stuff that's like, I kind of think of like the the stuff where you're younger and you're you're maybe like listening to like weirder stuff. Like maybe you're listening to Sebado and Sonic Youth and like maybe you're just getting the jazz. But at the same time, like maybe you like Ned's Atomic Dustbin or something. <laughs> that's the first. I didn't like that band, but I'm trying to think of like, I mean, I was really into U2 when I was younger and. I find that I find Bono pretty yeah. cringy now. Yeah. Um, that, I think it's actually more with you too. It's Bono. I agree that I find <laughs> it's not the band. The band sounds still sounds pretty good. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, I was thinking about that because you had with or without you on your list. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a great song, it, right? Like, like it is, it, it, it's, it's, I have to like mentally get past the Bono part. Like, yeah. Not even and like not even he sounds good on it. Like I'm not even saying he said, but it's just Bono sucks. <laughs> like, he's such a Bono sucks. His <laughs> lyrics are pretty yeah. atrocious. It's like a high school kid trying to be deep, right? <laughs> um, just saying really obvious things as if it's like the deepest thing in the world. But you know, like there's you know there's cuts on the Joshua Tree that are I think are total yeah. bangers. And that band musically is kind of like a Joy Division-y Gang of Four-ish. right? <laughs> lights you know like there's they're not anymore i mean obviously not anymore now they're like super embarrassing but like (laughs) um just music like even like you know if you see like a commercial and you're like what the fuck is this and it's probably you too like (laughs) it's like a ad for a cell phone like a charger or something like yeah (laughs) but i would say like i wouldn't i can't listen to you too the way i used to listen to them and i wonder Mm -hmm. I think it's probably because of Bono. I think I, it's the same thing. Like, I, yeah. If it was somebody else singing, well, I don't know. I don't even think I could hear like a cover of it. And like, if it was a good cover, and get past it. Yeah, because it's still. You yeah, just, like, doesn't John? I mean, I'm I'm not a Johnny Cash fan, but doesn't he sing that song one? He oh, does a maybe, cover of that song yeah, one. Maybe so. Yeah. And it's like it's pretty good because yeah. he sings it in this kind of. And that's a song, you know. Like when I, you know, yeah. when I, I saw that tour. In 91 when it came out and objectively that was an insane right. visual thing like predated what i assume steady like or normo dome shows are like now like right. um and i remember that that um album came out and it was pretty ubiquitous mm-hmm. and that song was like it's pretty cringy like it's not <laughs> we're one but we're not the same right. or something like that's that's that is literally like high school poetry bullshit <laughs> yeah that's not a deep thing but then again like i think i've heard the johnny cash version of it who i'm not a fan of at all and 
remember thinking like, wow, this is kind of brutal. It's yeah. a brutal fucking song. Like the delivery of the song is like, it's an interesting thing I'll to think to, about. It's like, I'll have to listen to that. Cause I was, I was talking to somebody the other day on one of these about um, nine inch nails and Trent Reznor. And like, I, I find his delivery really annoying. Uh, like I loved it when I was in yeah. high school, but it's like this, it's the whiny thing. But he, ha- they have that song "Hurt" and Johnny Cash did. I was like, the Johnny Cash version is great because it's out like it's this, it's the same kind of thing. Whereas it's so kind of bleak and and not in a forced way because Johnny. I mean, you know, he did all those right. covers when he was. I don't think he was like dying. Yeah, right? and so it's got yeah. this sort of, I don't know, like drama to it that is really understated but really heavy. Um, yeah, 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 for sure, totally. So yeah, yeah. I have to listen to the yeah, one cover because that sounds really. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'll just go down this. YouTube. When I get off with you, I'm just going to start listening to you too, yeah. like, all day. It could happen. I don't know. I feel like there's a legend. I feel like a friend of mine told me there's some legendary uh, Joshua Tree bootleg of just long versions of those of versions of those guys playing those songs for like 20 minutes, which oh, that sounds, sounds up my alley yeah, for that sure. Great. I mean. Yeah, it sounds great, right? Yeah. Hopefully Bono won't be on yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully it was like when he was <laughs> out for a smoke or something. <laughs> yeah, he was like yeah, he was getting a leather jacket or <laughs> something. <laughs> um okay, well this is a question that always thro- kind of trips people up myself included, but I you can make yeah. your own context, but what's a song that people, some group of people, some person absolutely hates but you don't care, you love it? Oh yeah. Um trying to think of something that's like it's hard for me because i don't know what's popular anymore so like my um, like i'll probably be really dated of how i think about that like uh song that people hate that i love that i'm okay with yeah Yeah. i'm kind of kind of stumped by that like it's a hard one. I had to pick a song that I really love, but my daughter really hates it. So anytime I try to play it on the stereo, she just gets mad and yells at me. Which song is that? Uh, Rasputin by Boney M. <laughs> that I don't know that it's song. This weird like German disco song that's about oh, okay. it's about like Rasputin being this sexy lover of women. <laughs> it's the most absurd song. I mean, I you know. Again, to age myself or date how how much, or more importantly, like how much I pay attention to what's popular. Like, um, there was that song, um, there were Ricky Martin songs that were really popular and I love them and everybody I knew hated them. Oh yeah. You know, like I can find value in stuff like that. Like I, yeah. Like now it's hard to quantify that because like, we live in an era now where everything, no one wants to express an opinion right. negatively about anything, right? Like everything is okay. Everything is permissible. Right. And then if you hang out with your record collecting buddies who are all assholes and don't like anything that's even remotely popular. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I love the song. I love Phil Collins song. I love Susudio and seem, people seem to really dislike that song. Right. <laughs> I love, I mean, I love that song. Yeah. I mean, I just bought, I just bought No Jacket Required again for, hey. I haven't had it in 40 years, I, you know, and they're all bangers. Yeah. Like, 
I think that's a perfect, you know that's I mean? like, like a perfect answer. Cause I know what you mean. Like I, you know, and I, I, yeah, like I will be excited about something like that. I can't think of a specific example, but yeah, I'll be hanging out with all my weirdo music friends and they'll just be like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's like, yeah. And I'm also, I'm also such a contrarian asshole that like, <laughs> right. if somebody says I hate this, I'll be like, Oh, they're the great. Yeah. It's the greatest thing in the world. Right. Like in the same way that like, you know, you, you listen to like Murs bow around someone like that. And they're, you know, you did, you just committed an atrocity, right. like ears or something. So, yeah, I mean, in some ways, like in the sort of wider public, yeah. Something like Murs bow is something that probably every, every, most people who heard it would hate it, but I fucking love it. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I don't love it. Well, I don't know that I do. Either. I used to, I tried to, I think I pretended I loved it for a long time. Yeah. I've come. I love some of, I love some of it for sure. I am not. And I'm not a harsh noise person. I'm just, I'm like too soft. I think like I just, I've realized because no. a lot of the sort of experimental stuff that happens around here is way more in the harsh noise realm. And so. Oh, interesting. All the, Still. Yeah. Huh like Tulsa's always like a good 10 15 years behind the curve so um okay but i it's like i want to go and support people but god i really don't have a good time <laughs> like, yeah yeah it can be i mean it can be fun to see live for sure yeah and some you know like i sold most of my noise records but the one you know like i still there's this band voice crack that i still love and listen to all the time and um, there's certain there's certain Merzbow records that I still love, like, but yeah, no, I I I hear what you're saying, like, yeah, seeing it live is a totally different experience. It is. Like you can be so you can be so into it, and it, yeah, yeah, it's hard to translate that onto a record. I think, um, yeah, for sure, so. yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're going totally different direction here. What is the most romantic song? Um. Yeah, I think when you sent me the questionnaire, I think I said I feel love by Donna Summer, yeah. which just oh. to me just feels like a very romantic song. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I think there's like a litany of David Bowie songs that feel really romantic to me, like um, "Stay." That oh. song on Station to Station, mm-hmm. I feel like, is a really romantic song. Like, and also, you know, like romance is tied to your own experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have feeling. Maybe a U two song could be. <laughs> Maybe with or I mean, without maybe you. with or without you is romantic to someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. I do love that Donna Summer song. God, her voice is so. Uh. That's a great. It's a great song. Yeah, and yeah, I love I the production on it, and then that's the other thing about that. Like the production on it sounds still sounds like super contemporary to me. Like it sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's uh she's one of the yeah i think that's that song if i'm not mistaken i think when bowie and Eno were making their records together and those classic my favorite bowie records like i think there's a archetypical story of you know coming into the studio with that record saying this is the future like <laughs> yeah. i heard because it's giorgio Moroder who made the track right uh, um and it, you know it's not, when you think about it it has that sort of like canish beat to it like kind of craft worky yeah so i mean it still sounds like the future which is yeah you know again talking about what we're saying about like you need to be able to listen to something a thousand times like yeah. i could listen to that song whenever and be stoked yeah and yeah 
it's so good and the production of it, yeah the production then her voice and then just the like, and her voice yeah it's like it's the star of the show in a song full of stars um yeah yeah well okay what is um what's a song that changed your perspective on an artist either for better or for worse i always thought of this question oh, for- is for better but then somebody answered it um there was an episode where they picked a wu-tang song saying like it made me realize wu-tang was past it i was like oh i never thought of it in that context that's interesting <laughs> oh yeah oh but yeah i mean there's stuff that's an yeah that's an interesting way of thinking about it like certainly hearing trout mask replica for the first time changed my brain rewired my brain um yeah in a way that like the first time I heard it, it made perfect sense to me. I didn't have to work to like it, which I think is probably, I don't know. I mean, I would assume most people's experiences with music like that is the opposite. It's like you, you, you have to learn to like something like right. that. <clears throat> and that for the first time, like kind of made sense to me in the same way that like people talk about Sid Barrett being weird. I was, that just sounds normal to me. Right. Like that's super normal. Like, that's what song that's what singer songwriter music should sound like to me it just sounds normal like i had to go backwards with rock music and like you know i didn't listen to the stones before i listened to trout mask replicant for the longest time i thought the stones were terrible i thought they were boring um and i love them now yeah a different way i mean that's interesting yeah it's but yeah i mean there's things you know there's things i hear that make me want to run away from it like I don't think I ever need to hear um you know, like I don't play acoustic guitar so much anymore in recordings. Mm-hmm. I still love it. I still like listening to certain people do it. But there's so much of it now. I there's nothing specifically that made me decide this, but like I gradually was like, I don't need to hear acoustic guitar anymore. <laughs> I want to hear something for my own, you know, right. like for myself. Like because we're talking specifically how it affected your perspective. Right personally right yeah. like um i definitely was like I, I there's other people doing it yeah not that i'm like so great and i'm changing the world with what <laughs> i do but um yeah i mean it was like okay yeah there's enough people doing it um yeah and well yeah and maybe not so well yeah <laughs> yeah as with as with all things um yeah as with most things <laughs> yeah i think you had Framland on your list which is such yeah the, oh my god I, like the thing i love about that i mean song, it's the first it's the first song right. on trauma and it to me like yeah. i remember i i remember hearing it for the first time and i loved it when i first heard it because it has this to me it has this feeling where like at any moment like with only the sort of slightest provocation like the whole thing could fall apart like because it yeah and it's like yeah, yeah. And, and it and there's times where it sounds like there's three like three or four however many people playing like playing in different yeah, like rooms what, the, what not, the fuck is going on yeah it's like does anybody hear yeah. anybody else and then it'll kind of come together and then it it's yeah it's still like however many 40 50 years later still is it's just yeah i mean and i feel like yeah it's like the greatest and I, yeah and i feel like, like you know there's so much music that like music that i like and like it's like trying to recapture this <laughs> like you know like you yeah oh yeah yeah totally yeah yeah I think, yo, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you hear things, it's timing, it's where you're at in your life, yeah. and it's like, I mean, if it was a year later or a year earlier, who knows, maybe it would have just been not that experience. But, yeah, that 
you know, like I've never made music. Like I think a lot of my favorite music and stuff that falls in that category that changed my life. I don't think you would listen to the music I make and be like, that dude loves Captain B fart or maybe, <laughs> or like, I love all Tecker. I don't, I don't think people seem surprised that I like techno and stuff like that, but I don't, you know, it shows people short sidedness that to, to right. be all, you have to listen to the thing that you make. Right. Um, yeah. That early warp stuff changed my life. Like, I don't, it was awesome. It was, it was like yeah. exactly what I wanted to hear, you know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like, I think it, like Constellation Records in the late nineties was, I still think about when I first heard like Godspeed and I was like 18 or 19 and like, right. I had never heard anything like that. And I don't right. think anybody would listen to anything I've ever made and think like, Oh yeah, you are really into yeah. Godspeed and like do make say things like, but anyway, right. 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 Um, well, what do you, how much of like, uh, do you consider yourself like a, like, do you pay attention to lyrics? Like do lyrics matter to you? They can matter, but I can also tune them out. Okay. I can tune singing out in a way like my partner, Sarah, like she pays attention to lyrics and can also like, they, it can ruin yeah. a song for her. Um, and that's not, that's totally fine. Like that's, yeah. I feel actually really lucky that I don't have that. Cause I would probably not like a lot of music. <laughs> Because um, in general, I'm not a huge fan of singing. If I like the person's voice and it's mixed in a way that doesn't get in the way, then it's fine. I can just kind of get right. past it. Or if the lyrics are terrible, which most people's lyrics aren't that great. Sure. Um, <laughs> but then there's people like Scott Walker or like you know Judy Sill or who are Bill Fay or whatever. Like the lyrics are like just just seem like the deepest shit ever. Right. You know, like. So um, do you have, like, what are your favorite lyrics? Do you have, like, I mean, I think you could pick about anything by either, any one of those three artists. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I mean, I wrote Scott Walker for sure. Yeah. I always really loved Guy's lyrics in Fugazi. Um, mm. They always meant, and still mean a lot to me. They were just um, kind of the way you were talking about Frownland. It was like, uh there were so many different things at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it felt like it could be about something, but also it was so open-ended and so loaded in imagery. Like, um, yeah, I would say that's, or like, you know, like Leonard Cohen, like the the obvious, there's the obvious ones. But like, like Guy's like, lyrics are, I think about more lately. Yeah, I think that's um, really good. Do you, is there any song in particular that would stand, jump out um, at you? Mm -hmm. I mean the sad ones, like "Last Chance for a Slow Dance" is yeah. so good. Yeah, I mean that's, that's so good. like it's like one of my it's such a great song. Yeah, it's like one of it's like one of the great song titles too. Like, oh, that's such a good song title. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, it tells man. you what you need I to mean, know. I saw, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I think the it was either the first or second time I saw him when I was sixteen and uh, in New York in New York City, and it was right before. I think it was right after uh, Study Died and Nothing came out. So they were playing stuff that was going to be on in on the Kill Taker, and they played that. And I remember talking talking to my best friend, who's still my best friend. I was like, did he say, like, last chance for a slow dance? Like, And then they played that, and we were like, fuck. Like, it's in, like everything about that's amazing. Like, yeah, and then the album came out, and it was like, it was last chance for a slow dance. Like, yeah, great. I mean, that's awesome. 
Um, that's a really good. I love that. That's yeah. Fugazi. I, it's funny. Like Fugazi is a band that is held in obviously such high regard, but I still feel like they don't get <laughs> like they don't get the credit they deserve for how like good they were in the ways they were good. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. They're one of those bands that are held in regard by people. This isn't across the board, but sometimes I'm like the people who should be listening to them aren't listening to them. Yeah. They're basically like a like a art rock psych band. Right. But then you get like vegan hardcore kids who are like just want to talk to Ian about being straight edge. Right. And it's like <laughs> you know, yeah. that's it's unfold they're what it'll be interesting to see what how their legacy turns out. And also it doesn't matter. Right. Like, but it's it's one of those things that like you know, we live in the era of YouTube or whatever. People like feel like they saw a band because they've watched YouTube videos, which is yeah. just so pathetic to even think about. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, none of that translates, right? right? Like, you know, like people have actually said to me, like, oh, I've seen that band. I'm like, when did you see them? Like, oh, I've watched YouTube videos. And I'm like, that's not, that's the, not same. the same thing. <laughs> it's not even remotely. You didn't see that band. Yeah. Like, you saw a video. You saw a video on fucking yeah, YouTube. on your tiny yeah. little screen, probably, on your phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. What, okay. What's a song that you have or you can listen to the most? Which we've talked a lot about this, songs you can listen to a thousand times, but what's, what is the one or one of the ones? It's hard to have the one. Well, yeah, I would say one of the ones. I mean, it just depends. I mean, there's Coltrane songs I can listen to ad nauseum, um, like, the we were talking about tried like oh my god i can listen to it anytime and i still it still feels awesome like but there's but there's like tons of bowie songs that feel like that um like even the hits you know like even pretty things like that yeah you know it's, it does it's not just the obscure b-side bangers which are those are then there too but um yeah i just feel like if i I don't, I mean, I don't, I feel, I feel like with music I love, I can listen to a record over and over again mm -hmm. and it's fine. You know, like if I love it, I love it. And mm -hmm. it's, that's just, there's no ceiling on that, you know, like, so yeah, like I, you know, like I'm still a huge music fan and whenever I find something that I'm just like, oh yeah, I can always, I can listen to this forever, you know, like, right. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm going up. So the list, it can be anything. It so, can be anything. It could be like abstract noise or it could be like a dub record or something like that. Like I'm, I'm going to go off script here and you, you didn't pick this question, but I'm curious, like, what is there? Do you remember the last thing you heard that like this year or whenever that is something that you were like, really like, oh, shit, I really love this. And like that was new to you. Um. Of a new, I'm actually just like going to grab this record. Um, <laughs> this is something I just got in the mail that killed me. Um, I don't know if you follow uh, Seance Center on, oh, yeah. you know, that, and he's always, I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. It's Echoey Goey, E C O E G O E. It's this group led by a double bass player. Oh, man. Um, and I just got this record, and immediately I was like, oh, this is going to be something that i listen to forever like it's kind of like a more narcotic stumbling necks who are like a band i love um yeah that would that's yeah awesome. the, for, that was the first thing off the top of my head okay um, i'm gonna have to look yeah no i mean <laughs> there's yeah there's always stuff like um 
Yeah, that was the first thing I thought. I think a newer band that I'm always blown away with is Space Africa. Like, oh my god, I love yeah, kind of everything they do, and yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like that's a band that um, every time that something comes out, I love. Like, I'm always really excited. I'm right there with you. I love it, and they cool. that thing they just put out with um, Rainy Miller. Yeah, it's great. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's what pop music should be, right? Yeah. Like, awesome. Yeah, great song. Great album. All right. Well, I'm going to have to go check out. It was Echo. Um, I'll find it. Seance Center. Yeah. Just, yeah. Look at the Seance Center Instagram. Like, you'll see. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I messaged him and I was like, yep, take my money. <laughs> always like, take my money. I know. I, I feel that. Which is awesome. I, I, love, know. I mean, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, what is the, what's the sexiest song? Oh yeah, did ask. Um, I would say <laughs> "Goodbye Horses," the Q, that Q Lazarus song. Oh my god! I mean, the vocal is so good, the beat is so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I, that was the question. I was like, it's either gonna be that, or it's gonna be "Moonlight on Vermont" by Captain Beefheart, <laughs> which is like <laughs> the same, like this, the rhythm and. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Goodbye Horses. Is, yeah, that's another one of those songs that is. I can't believe it's thirty years. Old. I don't know that I. I I mean that whole story of yeah, it's like a it's like a perfect song. Oh my god, it's unbelievable, yeah. and she sounds so. And she couldn't she couldn't get a record deal or anything. It's just like it's so crazy to me. Like you can come up with a banger like that, and and nobody, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, um, it's fucked up. Yeah, I agree. Didn't she die like last year or the year before? Last year, oh, yeah. God. Yeah, it was like working at a IKEA or something. It's just sad. Yeah. Such a bummer. Yeah, like if you if you write a song like this, that's I don't know. I mean, the world is not just the world is fucked up and terrible, but it's like, come on, if you write a song like this, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's always been my barometer of like anything in my career that has happened. I'm always like, it's all gravy, awesome, yeah, because the stuff that like good like something like Goodbye Horses or whatever, you know, like you know like everyone talks about like the velvet underground was being ignored when they were around like that seems so insane yeah right like, <laughs> it's, it's just like some of the like they couldn't make a living i mean they probably they broke up as a band because they were not successful which is why bands break up right yeah like, that's cr- insane that, yeah i mean yeah it's just saying that out loud like the velvet underground had to break up because they couldn't make a living is yeah it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah, exactly. But, so, fuck, that's the world. Okay, well, we're yeah, we're coming down the home stretch here. We got the two two questions left, the cool. two quote unquote big ones. So, what is the song that means the most to you? And not necessarily because of the song itself, but like the experience or someone you oh, associate yeah. with. Um, I would say, I mean, I would say all of the record of a Love Supreme, yeah. just because I <laughs> listened to it the most in my life. Um, Do you remember hearing it for the first the, time? I do. Yeah. Uh, I bought the CD when I was like 15 or 16. I was pretty fortuitous when I was younger of connecting the dots to, um, to, and which I, which led me to be far and, and certain jazz records pretty early on. Um, and also I was lucky enough. They hit me when I needed to hear them, which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah, and it was immediately like this. Just is what music should sound like, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a because I was playing music at the time too, and I've never tried to play jazz, quote unquote. Right. But like that was like a record to me where it's just like this isn't even like <laughs> right. it doesn't matter what this is. This is just like perfect music. Yeah. 
Like, this is what music should sound like, you know? So I would say that, but then also like, you know, the first record I ever bought with my own money was Tears for Fears songs from the big chair. Oh, wow. That's still like one of my favorite records. And a couple of guys in grails are the same. We we've def- we've spent a lot of time in the van talking specifically about that record. Um, yeah, I can listen to that record, and and there's songs on that that just were like, I'll never get tired of them. Like, just seemed like the deepest thing ever to me, which is a, I don't know, maybe that's surprising to people. I don't know. It's a really, really great record. That's cool. That was your first. Yeah, record it's a great one. I don't even know what the first record I bought with my own money. God, I had to think about that. The first tape I ever, I must. Well, I had the La Bamba soundtrack. But I don't remember if that's. A, I mean, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, I, you know, and it's yeah, it is. I still, I every time, anytime La Bamba comes on, man, it's a fucking ba- it's yeah. a banger. <laughs> yeah, no, I believe that. I mean, there's probably bands in LA that sound like that now too. That like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I love Supreme God. I just I feel like that's like one of the all time great openings for any piece of music ever. Like just like the gong, and then the melody and it's just like you're um, i don't know to me it always it feels like it's like this curtain being pulled back on like okay here's the like the world you didn't know existed or like oh that's great oh, yeah God, no so, totally for sure so good. yeah yeah no the pacing of the record's unreal yeah that's a really good way of yeah for sure and i agree with that i like the first the first ever jazz record i owned and it was somebody who gave as 18 or something somebody gave me blue train so that was like my introduction and then i was i you know it's a great record yeah and like you say like needing to like hearing it when you need to hear it like i heard it at the right time and then yeah started this was i used to go to fucking barnes and noble and buy jazz cds with my paychecks like <laughs> oh i used to yeah i used to do the same thing um yeah if you tell somebody younger how you used oh, to get music it's it's crazy. It sounds like a crazy person and, talking. And there wasn't, and like, you couldn't just like get online and be like, well, what jazz record? You're like, you, I would just go and randomly get, or I would, you know, yeah. I would look at the back of Blue Train and see like who played on it. And then like, oh, here's a record by that person. Let's buy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I, I mean, 100%. And, but I, that's absolutely how you find it. I mean, it's a good thing with jazz is like, you have to be able to shred to some degree where it's like, these guys were not making bad records. Right. <laughs> There's ones that maybe you don't like as much, but they're not. Right. I mean, that maybe happened later down the line when, um, but like the initial heyday of, if you're interested in a certain sound of jazz, it's like, blue. there's not like bad blue note records. Right. There's ones you don't maybe like as much, but like, it's not like they're fucking making mistakes on the record. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, and that, that's, they know what they're doing. That's like what, it, and that's sort of what it became. It was, it was like, well, if I'm just going to go look for stuff on blue note, that was in the, like the sixties and I know it's yeah, totally. Be. Yeah. But then I remember yeah. getting like a love support, like going further down the Coltrane rabbit hole and going for like, I'd mostly been listening to like bops, like, you know, the hard bop stuff and bebop stuff. And then yeah. heard this and it was just like, Oh, like, just like cracked my head open and was like yeah yeah yeah. oh my god yeah totally for sure yeah um so yeah all right well we're at the end here one last question what is at least as of this moment in time what would you say is your favorite song oh you did i was prepped for this um (laughs) but i'm gonna i'm gonna change it i'm gonna say just because i was thinking about it earlier was uh you're on your own again by scott walker oh um 
I think that's just a song. I mean, there obviously is no such thing as your favorite song. There's yeah, the, your favorite the song minute right that now. you're being, <laughs> yeah, the minute you're being asked. And just because I was thinking about it, yeah, I was like, I would say that song is like, you do no wrong with that in my book. It's a perfect song. It is a perfect song. What do you have? A, yeah. Do you have? Can you pick a favorite Scott Walker record? Um. <laughs> I mean, Scott Four or The Drift for different reasons, yeah. obviously. Right. <laughs> They're much different records. Um, but yeah, Scott Four is just like everything, his existential acid soaked Sinatra <laughs> oh my God. doomed character with those arrangements, with those sort of bar talky string arrangements. Oh. Like, yeah. And the lyrics that are just, you know, yeah. Ama- like, stand, they stand on their own. Like, I've only, I've bought, I only own a few lyric, you mm-hmm. know, collect, there's books that have people's collected lyrics and sun, I think it's called Sundowner is the Skullwalker one, which is, you can just read that as poetry. It's amazing. Yeah. It's one of the, yep. one of the few, there are, there are plenty of lyric books. It's like, God, this is not good. Um, that, yeah. It doesn't hold on. <laughs> that is not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and just, I don't know, like Skullwalker and the fact again that he made, Scott four and he made the drift like it's the same person made those records is so incredible to me. I mean, obviously they're what 30 years apart or whatever, but just it's yeah, but it's like, yeah. If you think about who, what his peers were, what, how his peers were embarrassing themselves yeah, and he comes out with that and he's, he's making something that's ahead of what 22 year olds are making. Like right. <laughs> that's yeah. It's like, Holy shit. Yeah. Well, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, I remember hearing this like, oh, God, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? Okay. Like, I'm a fucking fraud. Cool. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that is a perfect place to end it because Scott Walker is one of the best there ever was. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the Grails record is out. Your record is out. Um, yeah. You guys are going, I think I just saw, I think Emil just posted a thing. You guys are going back to Europe sometime next year in the spring. We're going to Europe in April, and then there's going to be some U.S. dates that get announced later. So, um, hopefully, we're gonna, you know, yeah. Now that uh, at least some of the madness has passed, uh, <laughs> and things are sort of back to normal, which they're not at all uh, normal, right. but maybe a, a band of musicians can start touring, and and it seems like we are. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah awesome well thanks again for doing this this is a lot of fun yeah thanks man it was really fun it was really fun talking to you once again a billion thanks to Ilyas Ahmed for taking the time out talking to me doing all this had a great time Uh, check out his latest solo album A Dream of Another which is on Geographic North and the new Grails album which I'm sorry I'm not going to try I don't know how to pronounce it Um, but it is on Temporary Residence Limited Links to both of those in the show notes. They are both essential listening. And yeah, check out his picks. Link to the playlist down there. And as always, you know, I mentioned the Patreon at the top of the show. Mention it one more time. Foxydigitalis. Or patreon.com slash foxydigitalis. Three bucks a month gets you the songs for all that stuff. Uh, and if that's not for you, that's cool. Hey, throw your, use some of that money to buy one of Ilyas's records or support someone else and do some other thing. I don't know. Anyway. That is it for me today. Holler at me on social media. You know where to find me at Foxy Jitalis all over the place. Check out the site. I don't know. Just do some stuff. All right. That's it. 
Uh, and until next week, keep on listening to whatever the hell you want.